Welcome to this interview from the Arctic Frontiers Conference 2013. At the conference in January, we spoke with attendees, speakers, and members of the Young Scientists Forum about their work, their hopes, and their concerns for the future of the Arctic. This series is a joint effort of the Arctic Frontiers Conference, the Geopolitics in the High North Program, and the Arctic Institute. I'm Tom Fries. In this interview, I spoke with Paul Sigurd Hilda. Paul is an associate professor at the Norwegian Defense University College and head of the Center for Norwegian and European Security at the Institute for Defense Studies in Oslo. Before we begin, I'd also like to thank the band Loas for permitting us to use the music that you'll hear at the beginning and end of each podcast. Hi there, Paul, and thanks a lot for taking a few minutes to talk with me. Uh, could I ask you to start off by telling us about your ongoing work and any plans that you may have for the near-term future? Well, um, my portfolio is quite wide, as in I, I, my, my core sort of topic is Norwegian security policy. When it comes to the Arctic, it's, uh, my, my work so far has been focused on uh, very broadly as in trying to see the big picture, particularly in security terms. Uh, put myself a bit outside and try and see this in perspective as in how important is the Arctic. And, and one of the, the sort of main tasks I have had, and I guess I'm coming up to this little question here, but is, is, is basically to try and, and punch, punch holes in, in this, this bubble that has existed when it comes to, to, to attention to the Arctic and, and the significance of the Arctic in, in particular security terms and this, this notion of, of Arctic conflict. And, but as in since that notion exists and it repeatedly sort of is, comes up in the media and, and think tank and even academic writing, then it has sort of become my task to go and, and, and sort of try and dispel that. But in terms of future research, I, I hope at some point we get beyond this. The way it looks now, cooperation is more likely and we can stop talking about the conflict side at least sort of, uh, as much as we have so far. So you say you have a broad portfolio at IFS. Uh, how did that come to pass? What, what route did you take to get here? My background is actually area studies and, and, and uh, Central Europe, Russia studies. So the, the fact that I'm at IFS is really a big coincidence because I came, I studied in Britain mainly and, 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 and came back to Norway and was unemployed, uh, sort of trying, oh, I need something to do, and uh, applied for lots of jobs. And one of the jobs, I, as in the, the job I actually got in the end, which one was one I didn't expect to get, but, uh, which was in the Norwegian Ministry of Defense. Um, and the reason why I didn't think I would get it was that they required intimate knowledge of Norwegian security and defense policy, of which I knew nothing. But uh, at the interview, I, I, my then later boss, uh, he spoke more than me. So I think uh, he probably thought there was a lot of sensible things being said. So I was offered a job and uh, I worked there for four years. And then given that I, uh, one of my responsibilities at the ministry was to um, sort of basically run their uh, sort of uh, research um, grants program. And surprisingly, that got me a lot of friends in, in the research community. They wanted to sort of be nice to me. And once I came to IFS, uh, geopolitics in High North uh, was sort of the big thing. I think they had just handed in the application before I joined. And, and, and this is really how I ended up doing Arctic stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's a long, but, um, and a long story and a story full of coincidences. And what do you see as the role of your own work in shaping the discussion of Arctic issues? Well, 
first of all, by bursting the bubble, uh, hopefully I'm contributing to that. But but another part I've been uh, working a bit on is is this this question of, of what needs to be done in, in not so much sort of good old hard security, but but more sort of softer societal security and and the new new challenges as in non-military challenges. And, and one area where research can actually help policymakers is this. Mm-hmm. As in the options that the, that uh, pol- uh, politicians and others have when it comes to cooperation on on search and rescue, oil spill, but more on on the hardware side. As in, how do we manage to cooperate? How do we link systems? And how do we sort of you know, build a better uh, capability when it comes to all as in all kinds of this this sort of the challenges connected to human activity in the Arctic? As I see it, in terms of governance, yes, challenges that are holes, but but it's it's not that bad. As in, the picture is pretty good, but on the capability side, whoa, there's, there are massive challenges. In your own work at a research institution, you're a regular observer of the Arctic discussion. Uh, as you watch that, does it seem to you like there's anything important that's missing? Well, I, I think my answer to that will have to be that, actually following on from what I've said earlier, and I think people need to, to start dig, digging deeper. I think research needs to get more focused, and, 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 and that is a role for academia as well, not just for the, the, the think tank community, to, to sort of help establish knowledge that will be useful in promoting cooperation and promoting a sort of better future, to so to say. And the last thing I'd like to ask you before you go back to the conference is this. Uh, what do you see as the value of Arctic Frontiers? Why do you invest the time and energy necessary to come to this event? First of all, as in, it is uh, an opportunity to meet other researchers and networking side. But it, I, I think it is also useful in the sense that, particularly when you get smaller groups and, and sort of uh, there's time for questions and answers, it's a good way of, of getting feedback and getting reality checks to, to your own research, just like we had now, as in where you get people from the audience saying, as in there was Chinese students saying that uh, the Arctic is more concerned about China than China is concerned about the Arctic. And it's like, Okay. Yeah. Okay. Reality check. Wake up. Maybe we're over focusing on on China. So 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 this this I think is is very useful. And then in in that sense, it's extremely useful that that the audience here is so uh, multinational. I said you have people from all over the world. Here in Owen, I'd, I'd imagine in most countries, uh, most of these seminars and meetings and whatever are very sort of ninety percent people or ninety five percent of people are Norwegian and. And, well, we can get them up with sensible things, but you need inspirations and, and sort of knowledge from elsewhere as well and different perspectives on things. Thanks for joining us for this interview. You can hear others from this series on iTunes or via our websites, arcticfrontiers.com and thearcticinstitute.org. The music you've heard at the beginning and end of this interview is from Loess, from their album Wind and Water. You can hear more samples of their music or purchase their albums on iTunes. Just search for their name, which is spelled L-O-E-S-S.